everybody and welcome to Long Term Memory. My name's Jack. And my name's Colin. Jack, how are you this week? Yeah, I'm Superman. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Not bad at all. Um, some technical difficulties in Wendy's show, which meant we had to put out that UFO podcast, but I quite enjoyed it actually, and some of the feedback on Twitter and stuff was quite positive. People quite liked the exposure to something different from the network, so although it was a technical difficulty that caused it, it ended up being quite good. Yeah, like I say, it's been part of quite the thing media, I suppose, was a, a little bit of a lifesaver there, that we managed to get something out at least, and uh, Andy was, was happy that we, we managed to feed drop his episode and like the guy he was interviewing is a high-ranking CIA guy or whatever, and I suppose even if you're not into that, to hear that feedback from or that interview from somebody who knows what they're talking about, basically, is, is something that you can tune into without being particularly interested in the subject matter. I found it pretty interesting, man. So I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you weren't too upset that being Colin went with you on Monday. But we're back today and we're basically going to re-record what we already recorded. Other <laughs> the, the Gremlins basically messed up the audio and it sounded like this at certain points. So it wouldn't have been usable. So we're talking about 1991. We did 1990 a couple of weeks ago. Similar sort of story, just looking at kind of the highlights and the things that stood out for us in our research, looking back at the year that was 1991. Jack, we were six and seven uh, during this year. Um, yes. A little bit older than 1990, obviously, starting to maybe notice things, understand things, and our memories are probably slightly better of it than 1990. Um, did you feel that when you were looking at the research and looking at stuff that happened that year? I'll be 100% honest, not particularly. Um, some of the films definitely make a lot more sense because there were about four or five on the, the 1990 list that we were just totally unaware of, whereas this list is a bit more noticeable, same as some of the songs. But the news that was going on, I actually found it a little less, like I didn't notice it as much as the 1990 stuff, and maybe that's just because 1990 is, what was the first year of the decade, so it's like more of a starburst year, if you know what I mean, like <laughs> yeah. 1990, it sounds better than 1991, if you know what I mean. No, I totally get that. It does. It does make sense. But I, I do think as we go through these, if we do following years all the way up to two thousand or so, the memories will start to become more clear for us, and we'll probably have more of our own memories rather than what we've maybe learned by looking back at ninety one. Because some of these films are like about nineteen ninety one. I won't have seen them until nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety four, and stuff like that. So you're not really remembering them from the time they were set. But that should change as we get older, as these years go on. So looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll just dive into the films, I suppose. And the top film of 1991 is one of my favourite films of all time, and it's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And it grossed about $520 million in the box office, mate. You're a big Army fan. Like, he was a massive part of my life as an 8, 9, 10-year-old. Just this massive action hero running about doing action hero things. Yeah, that's exactly what he was, wasn't he? He was a proper Hollywood action star that me and you sitting watching it in our houses in Glasgow just had no frame of reference to there's nobody kicking about like Arnold Schwarzenegger certainly no. not where we're from and Terminator Kindergarten Cop later on with Jingle All The Way and all the stuff that he did really he was always kind of larger than life but he had that sort of personality that he brought to it as well which made his films really enjoyable 
Terminator 2 isn't one of my favourite films of all time. I know you absolutely adore it. Um, I think it's great. I think technically wise, the, the special effects and stuff, especially with the, is it T-1000 or T-2000? Uh, the T-1000 is Robert, T-1000. Uh, Robert Patrick, aye. Yeah, some of the stuff they did with him with the sort of liquid metal and stuff was massively impressive for the time scale, and I thoroughly enjoy it. But I would never put it in my top ten or anything like that. What What is it you like about it so much? It was just because we used to go to the local video shop. It was called Azad Video. Like back in the day, you had that, or like Global used to be quite a big one in Glasgow. I don't know how wide known Global was UK wide or, or worldwide, but I would go usually on a Friday and just piss my mum off by saying, can we get that again? Can we get that again? Because, you know, as a child, you kind of like familiarity, basically. And yeah. Terminator 2 was the one. Can we get that? Usually, probably about four quid to borrow it for a night or two. So my mum was probably pretty pissed off that she had to pay that nearly every weekend for, <laughs> I'd say, about a year or two. Like, I must have watched it 50 times and and a year or two from the age of about eight to nine or ten, basically. So it's the nostalgia of it. You can see her background here. It's very nostalgic, um, thinking back to the 90s. So it's probably, it's more that, mate, than anything else, because it's not, like, obviously it's a James Cameron film, and he's made some of the biggest films ever. It's not a particularly groundbreaking, I was going to say it's not a groundbreaking story, but, you know what I mean? It's not particularly Oscar worthy or anything like that, but the special effects, Arnie being cool and just running about with John Connor, who, being a young boy in it, I suppose you kind of might have not seen yourself, but you've you seen this young guy, this teenager, a couple of years older than I'd have been watching it, but you're thinking, look, like, was that a, a big thing back then? Like, having a sort of lead character being so young and maybe that was something that I latched onto at that age, maybe. Yeah, possibly, probably was. But I know you say it's a nostalgia thing, though. You'll still watch this if it turns up on ITV2 or something, ITV4. I definitely. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those films that you can watch from, I think I watched it about a month ago, but only the last 25 minutes or something. But it was on, so I watched it. It's one of those yeah. ones. Totally yeah. get it. Totally get it. I'm the same with Tremors. Tremors is one of my favourite films, and it's an utter nonsense of a film. It's nowhere near as technically good as Terminator Two, but nostalgia, just how much fun it is, and the fact that it's always on ITV something when I see it's uh-huh. on the planner, I end up watching it. It's, it's uh-huh. great fun. Yeah, Robin Hood was at number two. Prince of Thieves, the biggest song of that year that I imagine we're going to get on to. And do you think the song? almost overrides the film because I don't have fond memories of the film to be honest with you. I think it does, you know. I think people, if you said to somebody fancy watching Robin Hood Prince of Thieves tonight, they would probably say no and the reason they would give you would be the song rather than the film. Whereas I think the film probably just maybe harshly treated a little bit because I think it actually was quite good. Um, There were some good performances in there, especially from Alan Rickman. And it did well at the cinema. It took, what, $390 million. So yeah. that's a lot more than just a song. Um, it is a good film, but the song just, I think, has killed it for a lot of people. Uh, I think so, mate. I think so. Number three was Beauty and the Beast, the original cartoon version by Disney. What are your thoughts on that, mate? Um, just a proper classic Disney film, isn't it? Especially yeah. around about 1991. I'd have been going to the cinema with my mum and dad and my sister to see this would have thoroughly enjoyed it, would have liked the songs, would have remembered most of it. 
and probably went home and tried to listen to this to get the CD soundtrack somehow because I was seven and Disney was brilliant. So, yeah, and even looking back, that's still a good film. It still stands up. There's some good stuff in that film. So good that it's spawned remakes and other stuff since since. So, yeah, pretty good Disney fair. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Same as last week, mate. We'll just batter through the next um, the next seven, six or seven films and we'll just give them a, a quick arbitrary score, basically. Hook at number four. In 1991, it gets 10 out of 10 from me. Um, in 2021, it probably gets like 6 or 7 out of 10, but I remember loving it. Yeah, I would give us about a 7, yes. The Silence of the Lambs, which I presume we didn't see until we were much older, but that came <laughs> yeah. out in 1991. Yeah, I would have shat the bed in 1991 if I'd watched that. Um, it's a cracking film. It's a, probably an 8 out of 10 for me. Hopkins is amazing in it. It's really Just that wee... <laughs> That wee noise he makes, man, it's pretty disgusting. But yeah, yeah I think that was sort of off the hook when they were recording that. So yeah, I would put that up there as a, a solid seven or eight. JFK is one that I think I've watched once many years ago. It was long, probably too long for my childish brain at the time. So I wouldn't give that such a high score. But that took two hundred million back in nineteen ninety one. Any thoughts on JFK? I think the JFK is just such a, a fascinating thing to discuss and talk about, and. People are encapsulated by it, so the film was always going to do well. Um, I've not seen the film. I, I've been kind of put off it a bit by some people saying it's not quite up to scratch, it's not really tell the true story, and oh. there's probably better documentaries you can watch rather than the film. Um, but it's one I'd probably quite like to get around to watching eventually because it is supposed to be, if you just take it at face value, a good film. Yeah, such Kevin Costner as well, so he's obviously kicking about one of the biggest stars in the world at the time. The Adams Family, mate, I don't have fond memories of the film to be honest with you nah, the that's pretty much all you don't remember isn't it that and, and the hand I think and Uncle Fester who was creepy as fuck um, a wee bald guy hitting about sticking light bulbs in his mouth uh, um, the fucking Christopher Lloyd you know the guy from Back to the Future the, the Doctor the future, yeah but mm. nah it never, it never did it for me these films I actually remember more fondly the old black and white TV show Oh. Uh, of the Adams family that used to be on BBC Two back in the day, probably around about this time actually. Uh, I would I enjoyed that far more than I enjoyed any of the the updated films, even though yeah. Morticia was quite hot in the films. Yeah, for sure. Cape Fear at number um, eight. I've never seen Simpsons, it. Prefer the Simpsons version with Sideshow Bob. Yeah, uh, Hot Shots. Not even Hot Shots Part Two, just Hot Shots the original. Hot Shots. I don't think I could differentiate between the two films to be honest. It's just much of a no. muchness. Just a laugh, but nothing to. It's not going. It's nothing groundbreaking, is it? Yeah, I, I see we've been the scores, but that's just what happens sometimes. You're on wrong term memory. Uh, we say something and then forget to do it. Thirty seconds later, City Slickers in at number ten, mate. Billy Crystal it's, and stuff like that. Yeah, similar sort of thing to Hot Shots. It's just a, it's a laugh, but it's nothing groundbreaking. It's, it's not anything special, but it yeah. did well, so it must have been doing something. Yeah, very quickly, you're the music man in inverted commas, so. You take the singles and the albums, mate. Just battle through them, and we'll we'll see. Yeah, I'm the music man between us two, but that's <laughs> um, number it's one. Relative. Yeah. Alludes back to that raw that Robin Hood film. Everything I do, I do it for you by Brian Adams. Sixteen weeks at number one. Um, it's just mental how a song. This, this is when the charts are a big deal. People working out in their millions and buying CD singles and tape singles, and this one managed to sell outsell everything else. 16 weeks in a row um, it's finally beaten by U2 um, 
probably quite a good song when it first came out, but my God, it got played to death. And it got played to death in a time, Jack, where there wasn't wall-to-wall music television. There wasn't as many radio stations as there are now. It, it still managed it, which was quite quite considerable. Well, that's it. Like, wet, wet, wet were kicking about round about the same time as well, and they had lovers all around, which sort of took over for that long. And, like, the only place you could get your music was to buy it from the shop on tape. Uh, it would have been tape back then. It's not like where they take into account Spotify and iTunes downloads and stuff like that anymore. So that's why something could take over. But it does seem like after a month or two, people were still going out and buying it in the thousands, tens of thousands. Crazy. It's like, have you not fucking heard that enough? Have you well, not heard it, it already? <laughs> who, who was it in week 16 that thought, I, I do like that song, I think it's time to buy it now. <laughs> like, how it, does man. that work? Um, yeah. Number two was Baby and Rhapsody, uh, double A side with These Are The Days Of Our Lives with Queen. Um, that was in the charts again uh, for reasons we'll go on to later in the show. Uh, number three was a Shoop Shoop song by Cher. Um, I used to quite fancy Cher back in the, the 90s before I really yeah. knew better. Yeah, I thought she was quite hot. She's still wearing all the hot clothes and all that, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she used to wear that. Like, what was the video where she's on the the big tank? No, the big tank, the big warship. And she's got, like, this tights thing that's ah, like, a, a, man, like a mankini hang under it. Yeah, so back in the day, yeah, give Cher a, a little bit of kudos. Yeah, um, total opposite of the spectrum, right said Fred, with I'm too sexy. <laughs> um, I did quite like I write the right said Fred though. Um they they are they were pretty cool. I thought they were songs were quite catchy. Uh we've got a friend who really, really likes them. Um we tried to book them for his wedding, but the prices were just extortionate. So we didn't. But that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Do the Bartman was in at number five. A yes. Simon Cowell thing, I think. His sort of one of his first forays. Yeah. yeah, it was. He did The Simpsons first, I think, and then his next thing was the WWF wrestlers. He did an album with them. They had one good song on that album about WrestleMania, and the rest was just awful wrestlers doing awful cover versions. <laughs> um, the Probably the most infamous one to, to mention would be Hulk Hogan doing his own version of Gary Glitter's uh, Leader of the Gang. Oh, for fuck's sake. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so I move on from that relatively quickly. The top albums were Simply Red, Eurythmetics and Queen. So all pretty standard 1990 stuff there music-wise. Yeah. January the 1st. Now, last last year, 1990, Glasgow was starting its foray into being some sort of cultural phenomenon. This year, this is something, again, that I just found a little bit strange. The first anti-stalking law was passed in... friends, Colin here, the looks, the charm and the brains behind Runtown Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. California, basically. So before then, could you just, it was fine to do it? Is that what that's saying? It's mad, isn't it? Like... Stalking wasn't a new thing in 1991. Like that wasn't a phenomenon that they suddenly had to do something about. That had been going on for decades, and 
until then it wasn't against the law. You could you could just stalk somebody and that's not fun. No, see back then it would have been a physical stalking as well. So you would have like been creeping about in the bushes. It's maybe a little bit different nowadays where you can sort of online stalk people, which is just as creepy and bad. Like I had a stalker for a wee while um, because of my job and like it, it didn't get to like phone the police type things, but it did mean that I changed my name on all the all my social networks and stuff like that because no matter how many times you blocked this person, they would send you a message on something else or find another way of contacting you just yeah. didn't take that hint that you just weren't interested and legally, like as part of my job I couldn't speak to them. Like you're not allowed and they were just constant, constant, constant. So um I've had a little taste of that, but yeah, again, thirty odd year ago you think they would have put it in put it in way before then. Also in January, Eden Hazard was born. Belgian football player. Decent enough. Any thoughts on him, mate? Um, only thought on Eden Hazard is the one that always comes to mind when it comes to him in that he's bloody brilliant, right? He was obviously amazing at Chelsea. got the transfer for £88 million or so to Real Madrid. Was equally good there. Super successful. But people seem to have forgotten that this is the guy that just kicked fuck out a ball boy one night. <laughs> so, <laughs> he kicked he kicked the shit out of that Swansea ball boy. <laughs> yeah, um, and for some reason that seems to have been almost just airwashed out of, I don't know, out of memory because it's a pretty shitty thing that he did. Uh, but he came out, made a bit of an apology. The ball boy had his five minutes of fame that he fucking milked. Um, but Eden Hazard, to me, no matter what he achieves or goes on to achieve in football, he'll always be that guy that kicked fuck out a ball boy. Yeah, like the ball boy was being a bit of a dickhead and trying to hide the ball, and he just uh, gave him a, a few, a few kicks to the ribs, and that was, that was him told. But yeah, the wee ball boy came out, he was crying and all that. He's peace, wee man. You're at uh, it. Sitting on the sofa, aiming homes the next day and all that. Fuck. <laughs> That's <laughs> it, man. <laughs> um, moving into February, we're going to just uh, batter through the the first six months of the year on this episode. Uh, Capcom releases Street Fighter Two for arcades, and it quickly becomes mega successful mate kind of routinely listed as the the grandfather of that sort of fighting game that actually it's not came on that much that sort of 2D fighting back and forth because I played the the new Street Fighter on PS Network or yeah. PS Play whatever one it is PS Plus. it's just not good it's just garbage man that whole genre kind of throws at Tekken I think so Tekken came out on, I think, the original PlayStation, which was still that, I suppose it was still 2D, just with better graphics, that just beat-em-up sort of build. Uh There's only so much you can do with a beat-em-up game. You can't add many layers to it, you can't add extra content, you can't really do much with it. I don't think there's scope for what people expect from a computer game nowadays in a beat-em-up. But Street Fighter 2 was mental. For some reason, nobody remembers Street Fighter 1. Um, I'm I'm not old enough to remember the arcades and people going to arcades and just pummeling money into these machines to play these games I was always a home gamer I had the Master System, the Mega Drive, all that sort of stuff Um, so I always played these games in the house but it was absolutely huge it had movies, it had all sorts going for it I think it was one of the first ones that actually gave the characters a bit of individuality so you had like Ryu with his fireball that he could fire Hadouken Right. Yeah, he had Dalsum, the big Egyptian with the big long arms, and mm-hmm. Blanca could do his mad jump and stuff. So it was, it was. He was the only guy that I knew the special move for, where you would you would dip down and you would turn into an electric ball. Which yeah, is, that was the one. 
Yeah. So, so he was about the only one that I could do. Yeah. Yes, I think it done quite well in that regard in that it added a little bit more scope to their players and stuff, but the beat em up isn't really a valid game anymore. There's just not enough to it. You, you don't really see them now. Well, saying that, that they do release Mortal Kombat every year and they're still releasing Street Fighter, so there's obviously still a still a market for it. It's just not a market that I'm particularly interested in. And another market that I'm not interested in really um, is the Ed Sheeran market. He was born on February the 17th in 1991. Any thoughts on that little ginger prick? <laughs> um, he's sitting up my cup of tea. Um He's actually not a bad songwriter. He's wrote some stuff for Justin Bieber. He's wrote some stuff for One Direction over the years that was actually quite good. But his own stuff, his own voice does nothing for me. And he does come across as a bit of a prick. Um, he was in Game of Thrones, ruined that. He oh, I was, um, he, He's got this big house that he's built, Jack, right? And he's pissed off all his neighbours because he built this big house and then he got planning permission to put in a nature pond, right? So... Got that approved, started building this nature pond and made a big deal out of it. He's then slowly started buying all the houses around about him. Basically, almost like not waiting till they go on the market, but knocking the door and saying, let me buy your house, how much will it take sort of thing. And he's almost sort of made this little village for himself, which is just all for him. And now that he's done that, this nature reserve, this nature pond that he's made is actually a big luxury swimming pool. (laughs) <laughs> is that what it is? Apart I mean, so, see if you've got that much money, then why not buy a whole, aye. buy a whole neighbourhood rather totally. than just buy a single house? <laughs> my my disdain for him is probably stained with bits of jealousy as well. But he, he is very easy to dislike that stupid ginger hair and those awful tattoos. So yeah, another guy that's probably pretty easy to dislike is Tyler the Creator. Um, he was born in March, uh, March the sixth of nineteen ninety one. This American rapper, the sort of leader of Odd Future. He's got a song called Yonkers that I quite enjoyed. Any thoughts on this guy? Because he sort of tried to be like an improv comedian, a, a guest show host. He's tried to sort of dip his fingers into everything. Is he just another annoying pain in the ass? Yeah, pretty much. He's one of these ones that was very much of the let's diversify to split the pot a little bit and make money in every way. But he's a bit of a kind of jack-of-all-trades master of none, I think. Um, bit of a dick as well in that he uses quite a lot of racial slurs and homophobic slurs in his rap and he tries to justify it by just saying oh I don't mean it like that Um, which is the worst excuse ever Um, Mm. he refers to a lot of things as gay in his rapping and he says that that just means that it's shit but I just don't and I I get that usage I understand people saying that and using that term for that reason but I don't think it washes in 2021 I don't think you can be doing that and yeah. I certainly don't think you can be doing it when you're a name like Tyler the Creator and you've got millions of people following you and you've been pulled up on it already and you just double down on it. Nah, that's not for me. And the thing is you can tell that you can tell that he's talking nonsense, but you can just tell that it's it's not what he's he's selling it as. He's just yeah, he's just been a, a total like, he's just been a dick about things. Yeah, I'm not like I said, I like that one song he's got called Yonkers, which was Got quite a cool, silly little video, and it's it's all right. But yeah, not a not a massive fan of old Tyler there. March the fifteenth, Germany uh, formally regains complete independence after um, the four post World War Two occupying powers, France, UK, US, and the USR, eventually relinquish all remaining rights to the country. Again, it? yeah, again, this just seems like something that should have happened in 1946, like just straight after, just like here. I have it back, but 
Um, they obviously didn't. We all, we obviously didn't trust the Germans that much to that, give right. them that stuff back. No, it took a while. Yeah, it took a while. But yeah, thankfully they got it back. They knocked down their wall. David Hasselhoff song. David Hasselhoff sang, and everybody was happy. Yeah, everybody seemed pretty chuffed about it. Would you be chuffed about having a really famous sibling, Colin? Because on April the fourth, Jamie Lynn Spears was born, who is a singer and actress in her own right, but obviously. Uh, Britney's the big dog in that family. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I'd maybe have to ask my sister what it's like. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, I'd maybe enjoy the, the the trappings of it in terms of um, I imagine Britney would help me out and give me a bit of money and open some doors for me and stuff like that. So I suppose if you're not going to be mad famous yourself, having a mad famous sister <clears> is better than nothing. Um, have you watched the Britney Spears documentary that's been going about recently? I have not, mate, no. I kind of know, generally know what it's about with, with her father being it's, a little bit overpowering, but no, tell me about yeah. it. Oh, it's really good. So it's made by the New York Times and Hulu, so it's quite good production value-wise. And basically it's all about when she went nuts about 15 years ago and shaved her head and stuff, uh-huh. she, she she could have been put in an asylum. She could have been kind of locked up for her own sort of welfare. But rather than that happening, her dad said he would take control of her and basically look after her. And that's what happened. And to make that possible, almost her ownership of her as a person got transferred to her dad, which means he's responsible for all her money, all her affairs, everything that goes with it. And the kind of crux of the documentary is that 15 years on from that, Britney's completely recovered and in a good place, but her dad hasn't relinquished any of that yet. All right, so he's still got the power, basically. Pretty much, yes. Unless he sings it away. She can, even though she's a 40 year old woman now, basically. No, yeah. and that's kind of where you see this free Britney hashtag and people saying that she's almost a bit of a slave at the moment and she's having to work for her dad rather than for herself. But it's a really good documentary, well worth watching. Yeah, I'm, I'll stick it on. Stick it on the list, mate. Like we spoke about the like these super heists where people steal all sorts of stuff, and this happened also uh, in 1991 on April the 14th in the Netherlands. Thieves stole 20 paintings worth $500 million from the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. Uh, less than an hour later, but they were found in an abandoned car near the museum. Something's not went right there, man. Like, I think my take on it is they stole some stuff and then sort of realised, oh, shit, this is actually fucking, like, people are going to be after us. Like, Interpol, FBI, <laughs> they just shot themselves and ran away. What about you? <laughs> it certainly seems that way because you just can't move that stuff. You can steal it all you want, but how do you go about selling Van Gogh um, paintings? Maybe it was like a this was a crew and this was their audition for something else. Um, like if you think you're serious, you want to do this heist for us. Elaine shows that you can steal Van Gogh stuff. Do that. So they did that. Abandoned the stuff. It went back to its rightful place, and then they went on to. I don't know what the bigger job than that would have been, but it does sound almost like an audition for something because surely nobody would think that 500 million worth of Van Gogh pictures are going to be able to get moved on and sold properly. Surely not. Maybe they thought the stuff they were stealing was worth 50 bob, basically, and they could sell it at the market for a couple of hundred quid and then realised that they'd stole proper paintings and just thought to themselves, no, if we get caught, this is like international crime material here and we're going to get put in jail for a hell of a long time so um, her pants went a little bit brown and just decided to abandon it and, and run away into May mate, um, the Time magazine publishes 
the thieving cult of greed and power, which is a basically a highly critical article um, of the Scientology movement. So even back then, people were having qualms about Scientology. Do you think that's because Tom Cruise was getting involved back then? He's been involved for the last 30 years. They thought yeah. to themselves, they're a superstar. We better take a look at this and realised how sort of wacky and culty it is. Yeah, this will be exactly when he started to get involved um, around about this time. And that would have brought a lot more eyes to this fucking nonsense, this cult, than ever before, because it's not as easy to build a cult up pre-1991 when there's no internet to push your story, there's no YouTube to put your videos on. A lot of your stuff is word of mouth, a lot of stuff is writing, um, sending letters, all that sort of stuff. Getting something that came involved automatically brings eyes to it. And that's probably when people started taking notice, and that's why you start seeing things about it in Time magazine and the like. Yeah, I just think because he was involved, they thought we better take a look into them and realised that they were um, fucking space cadets. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah. Right, and June, this is something that I like. I'm if you're the music one, I'm the the, the science one in inverted commas. So this is something sure. I think uh, this is something I found quite interesting. And June the fourth, the largest solar flare ever was recorded, and it sort of triggers. Like, you know, that aurora that you see, you can see up in the north of Scotland and in Iceland where you, the sky goes green, it looks cool as fuck. Yeah, kind of like the Northern Lights type thing. Basically, but this solar flare was so big that it pushed it all the way down um, as far south as Pennsylvania in America. So you could be like in the Midwest America, whatever, and look up and see that in the sky. That must have been something that was pretty cool yeah, back then, I suppose. That is like something cool. new. Like, yeah, that, no, I like, that, I like that. stuff like that. There's, um, I remember recently there was a couple of expeditions in space where the space shuttle and the space station and stuff was going to be visible from Earth and you could actually stand outside and look at it. And I remember doing that during the summer, I think it was. I think it was something that Elon Musk was involved in and you could look right. up and actually see it. I remember doing that and seeing it and just, I'm not into science really, not into space or anything like that, but I do remember looking up, seeing this light in the sky and thinking, fucking hell, that is pretty cool. Yeah, like, see if you get the NASA app on your phone. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It, it follows the spaceship, so you, the spaceship there, uh, what do you call it? The space stations and stuff, and the satellites. Yeah, so, yeah, the satellites, so you can sort of follow them as they're, as they're coming over, and you can, like, point your phone at the sky, and you can see, oh, that, that's Mars rather than yeah. a star, or oh, that's, that's Jupiter. Cool. So it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool wee app. I tell you what, mate, short and sweet, actually, a wee half hour, nice and tight. I think we'll just... We'll wrap up June there and we'll be back uh, with the guys on um, Monday with part two of this after the, the technical difficulties. I'm going to mention it again. Leave a review. Leave a review on your pal's phone. Um, this video might be on YouTube, so if you've not, you want to take a look at my coupon or Colin's coupon, you might be able to go into YouTube and find that. That's something, something a little bit different that we're trying Um We've got a product placement for YouTube. That's it, yes. Um, not on sale yet, but yeah. might be in the future. Yeah. Only because we don't think MD wants them. Yeah, <laughs> nobody fucking honest. wants them. Yeah. If we <laughs> thought we could sell them, they'd be fucking available to believe me. <laughs> yeah. I'll actually check out quite the thing, media.com. Uh, we've got a few a few shows on there that we think are, are pretty interesting as well, Colin. We certainly do, yeah. There's some great stuff on there, not just the stuff that dropped on Monday. There's like some comedy, some improv stuff on there, and even some sp spooky sort of serial killer crimey stuff. So, yeah, for everybody, which is kind of the whole idea of the, of the project. So, please do check it out. Yes, quite a thing, media.com. 
leave a review for us, five stars, write a review. We say it all the time, nobody's listening anymore. I know this. I've looked at the stats. Everybody's turned off, but um, I like shouting into the void at times. So Colin, as always, cheers, buddy. Yeah, absolute pleasure, mate. I will speak to you by Monday. Yes. As always, listeners, cheers for tuning in. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. You was coming. <laughs>